So it's the 80s hour on Brooklyn's Radio, and I'm delighted to say that joining me all the way from Texas is Charlene. Hi, Charlene. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. We're very hot over here in Texas. It's like 106 degrees yesterday, and it's like 100 and oh, oh, it's just been terrible. We've got lots to talk about because um, you've been, well, you've been in the business for quite a long time, and and people will mostly, probably mostly know you for your hit in the early 80s, Never Been to Me. Yes, um, yes. But you've done a lot, load of stuff other than that. So yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah, I have. You started with Motown, I understand, and and, uh, and sort of singing on demos and things. I think you did some demos for Michael Jackson, you know. Yes, name I you. did demos for a lot of people but nothing really stuck you know it was like when I signed with a company they're like where are they going to put her you know where are they going to put her voice I have this ballady almost a folk kind of voice a little bit you know so and everybody else is more you know in pop and R&B sound and they're like where are we going to put Charlene so I just teamed up with all the producers, like the Temptations producer with Bob Gaudio, the Four Seasons producer, and with Smokey Robinson, Stevie Wonder, Michael. I never did work with Michael. I knew him, but I never really worked with him in the studio. I did a song for him that was supposed to be for me called One Day in Your Life, and that he got a pretty pretty big hit with it. And I was like, okay, thanks very much. And I worked with all these people, and I just had catalogs and catalogs of music and songs that I've done and nothing seemed to get anybody's like oh wow that's good you know they did release a few things on me but nothing ever materialized and then uh, one day when I was in the office a 6250 Sunset Boulevard was the building the sky rise that Motown was in coming out of Detroit And the 16th floor was where all the writers were, the writers, publishers, a little demo studio, you know, a lot of the writers, you'd see people coming in out. So I've been on the label for a couple of years now. Nothing was gelling. Nothing was knocking anybody out like, oh, let's release that. Let's release that. Mm, uh," You know, so they came up with the idea to start my own label called Prodigal Records. And on Prodigal, you know, they they were going to put stuff. And then I met a big man in in the uh, office, uh, Ron Miller. And he told me he heard my voice on all these different tunes I was doing. And he said, you've got a beautiful voice, but they're giving you all the wrong songs. Anyway, he says, I've got a song that I wrote. Uh, I wrote the male version for it a few years back. But hearing your voice, Charlene, I was really inspired to write the female version of it. And at the time in my home life, I was kind of struggling with a marriage that was just limping along. And it was really hard. Uh, My first husband came with me to Motown to meet some people and he had his guitar and he, oh maybe we'll sign you too you know and and it turned out they didn't like his style and that was that was really good for the marriage <laughs> you get out of here we're gonna keep Charlene you know like oh no anyway so I gave a friend of mine a, a demo of a song that I did called Sweet Sad Clown and um, she said, oh, my God. She goes, Charlene, can I have a copy of your demo? I, I'm dating Barry Gordy. And I said, yeah, OK, you like it? She goes, yeah, I like it a lot. I like your voice. I like, 
you know, the sound. So she took the demo and went away and a couple months went by. I got a call and she said, Charlene, he wants to meet you. He loves your voice. And I said, really? Motel? Okay. Okay. You know, and this is, this is before all those songs I had been doing. Mm. I'm kind of putting the, the front story at the back of it. I'm sorry. Uh, she said he loves your voice, but he's recording. He's doing a movie with Diana Ross called Lady Sings the Blues. He said he, he wants to meet you at the commissary at Warner Brothers. And I'm like, oh, wow. OK. So me being a cowgirl, I was a cowgirl. <laughs> had my overalls on my boots with probably horse dung on my boots. I'm not right And I'm going to Warner Brothers like a like a hillbilly cowboy. You know, I mean, my God. So I get there and and I sit down and there's Diana Ross sitting there. There's there's, there's uh, Barry Gordy and all the big executives. So Barry says to me, Charlene, can you sing me that song? And I said, now? He goes, yeah, now. I said, sure. So I stand up and I sang the song. Within two months, I was signed to the label. Um, in signing the label, I showed up to the company with my overalls my jeans and my boots (laughs) anyway um i signed and then the thing with all the people started happening with all the producers i met all the produce all the artists i met everybody i was singing at parties at barry gordy's house and then i met ron miller the man with i've never been to me he said i love your voice you're singing the wrong songs your voice sounds you i know you've got a beautiful voice in there so we go in the studio and we did a demo. Uh, we go in the studio with Kenny Hurst playing the piano, me singing the, the, the lead vocal for it. It was absolutely beautiful. And Ron said, I'm going to get this to Barry right away, Barry Gordy, and let him hear it and say, we need to go in the studio. So he brought it to Barry. Barry flipped out, said, I'm booking you kids in the, in the big studio, at the big, big, massive studio in Santa Monica Boulevard in Hollywood. Okay. So he, he booked us in the big room where Diana did all her songs. Everything was recorded. I had that mic. And uh, we had a 30-piece orchestra and an incredible, you know, band of like the drums and guitar and the bass and all that good stuff. And uh, the song came out unbelievable, just just beautiful, better than I've ever even imagined it. I mean, I'm sitting here, a girl who really never sang you know, I sang at parties. My husband, ex-husband, would play the guitar and I'd sing and, oh, you know, everybody love your voice and all. But I never heard myself in a studio where the, the, the speakers were the size of my wall. You know, it's like, whoa, incredible. So <clears throat> very freaked. He loved it. That was what happened. But you know what? They cut out the vocal, the, the uh, talking part. Hey, you know what paradise is? It's a lie. A fantasy we create about people and places we'd like them to be. They they cut that out of it, but that was the main part of the song. That took the song from being a metaphor into being her reality. You know, when you think of all these things, it's a it was metaphorically singing. Singing, the girls like sit there ironing clothes, being on a yacht. You know, being undressed by kings and all these fantasies she's got. But the reality of it, she's a simple housewife with a baby and a husband. And that's the truth. That's what it says in the talking. It's truth. That's love. It went from there. And then and then they released the song and they didn't give it any push, any promotion at all. They just let it let it go. So I got very discouraged. I I uh, went back to England 
where me and Jeff got married. I was there for a while. I get a call from Motown saying, uh, Charlene, your song's on the charts. And I'm like, my song's on the what? <laughs> I had kind of, I'd given up the the thing of the song. I'd kind of said goodbye to it because it was, oh my gosh, it was so, Dan, it was so emotional for me. The song was just so beautiful. And to think of it being a flop was just, it broke my heart. So he said to me, he said, Charlene, you're on the charts. I'm like, what? Never been to me. I'm like, okay, okay. This is not a prank, is it? <laughs> no, we need you to come back to America. So I didn't go back there. They all came to England, took me to Blickling Hall, <clears throat> did the video. It was incredible. And then we went to number one all over the world. And my life was just like a, like a fairy tale. So amazing. Uh, I mean, that's an amazing story in terms of how that all came to be and all of, you know, yeah. finding yourselves in those in those rooms with all those musicians and producers oh and everything must have been God. just out of this oh. world. But then yeah. was it even more of a whirlwind once once it sort of once never been to me became a hit and you were all over the world. It was like it was surreal. It wasn't even like real because see the thing is I've been away from the music industry. I had given up on it. I was like, okay, if Never Been to Me is not a hit, then I should go do something else. And when I came to England, I started working in a sweet shop. <laughs> That's what I did. I nice. was cleaning cleaning the, the shelves and mopping the floors and meeting all these great English people. So anyway, so yeah, I was there doing that and I was kind of living the life and my husband was taking me all around London and I loved it. And then I got the call and I'm like, What? All of a sudden, I'm on, you know, doing videos in Blickling Hall, doing this beautiful, beautiful video in my wedding dress, right? And um, it, uh, it, it did really well. And then they go, oh, we're going to fly you to New York, and you're going to do Good Morning America with one of the Bee Gees. And I'm like, you've got to be joking me. Wait a minute. <laughs> This is, no, this is like, this is not real. This is, I was living in a cloud for a while. I was not, this was not reality for me. Reality for me was being a simple, I had horses, I had a little farm, you know, I was doing that whole thing and I had some friends and played little guitar at parties and stuff. That was my, that was it. Now, all of a sudden I'm in this gargantuan studio doing with all these violins, like a, like a symphony. And then, and then I'm asked to go to um, New York to be on Good Morning America with a beat, one of the Bee Gees. The song's gone on to uh, to endure. It's been in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. It's been in oh, Shrek. Love that. It's been yeah. <laughs> I know. Housewives. It's been uh, been all over the place. It, it, yeah, but as you say, it does. It, I think because the story of it, as you mentioned, is so powerful oh. and it's that thing that a lot of a lot of women will understand and will will empathize with, you know, that sort yeah. of dreaming of fantasy while yeah, exactly. to deal with whatever the reality is. I suppose, you know, you're you're looked at I, I suppose I don't know what you feel about the term one hit wonder, but still you've done so much more since then, haven't you? Although, you know, yes. maybe it's not quite as up there as, as big as, as that. that. I did I did a duet with Stevie Wonder that was top 40 in America. That's that's incredible. <laughs> Wish I had that right now, you know. Um so that was my like my second thing and I had a lot of other records released, but nothing as big as I've never been to me. Never been to me was a statement song. It was out at the right time. 
for people to hear it the right, you know, the, the whole thing, the story, but it was all a metaphor, you know, I, I, she just thought about it, you know, it was like just things that ran through her head, but you know, it, it, it the story of it is so powerful. It really is. And there's so much. And but you, you, see, all, you see, you see, passionate about it now. And, you know, some, some of the artists who do get that label tend to get to a point where they, they hate, the song that they're best known oh for. Oh God, no! But you clearly don't. You clearly still feel. I love. That connection oh my to God! It. When I hear "I've Never Been to Me," like I'll play it sometimes, just just off the just wanting to to hear it. I almost go beside myself and go, "God, I love that song." And it's like it's not even me singing it. it oh no, it's me singing it. But I step outside myself and I go, "Wow, what a piece of." of of material that it, it's just uh, oh my god listen to the words the words are incredible you know so i know i love it i would never get sick of singing that song ever 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 well fast forward to now you've got new music out you're doing um yes uh, some more music you tell us a bit more about that tell us what, what you've okay. got to well my last visit to england was a while back and i met with a friend of mine named gavin monaghan a great writer. Oh my gosh, this guy's so incredible. Well, we we came up with a uh, couple of songs, Sea of Tranquility, which I believe was released over there, and that did pretty well. It, we got some mo- momentum on it. We got radio stations, stuff like that playing it. Then back here in America, I met up with a with a good friend of another friend of mine who plays piano and writes, and he starts playing these chords. We just met. I walked in his family's house, they're serving dinner, and he's on the piano. Of course, whenever there's a piano in the room, I grab, I don't care if there's, I don't care what they have on the dinner dinner table, I go right to the piano, right? So he's there noodling on the piano, and I go, oh my gosh, what is that? He goes, I'm just fiddling around. I said, no, 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 do that chord thing again, do that again. And I'm having him keep doing his things. And I just came out with, Seasons come, seasons go. Through the years, I've watched you grow. Did I give the best I could be? Did you learn the best part of me? So I wrote this song about, I'm getting chills singing it because I love it so much. I love this song. And it's all about my kids. It's about my children and the time, you know, time, time, why can't you stand still? Why can't you just slow things down a little bit so I can enjoy my babies a little bit more? I've got two beautiful girls and and a new grandbaby, and you know I'm I'm just touched my my heart's touched so much with the thought of them and just beautiful thoughts about about things that we think of in life and things that we wish we could hang on to, you know. There's so much. All of us have that. We all do. We as the older you get, which I'm getting old really fast. <laughs> no, it, it you know it it's it's like. You want to hang on to those memories. I've written three books. Okay, I've got my autobiography mm-hmm. called Charlene, I've Never Been to Me, which is all about my life, which like is like a horror story right there. Okay. And then I've got my and then I've got my second book that I wrote for my when my daughter was a baby called The Life and Tales of Herman the Worm. It's a cute little kid's book. Sweet. Okay, I've got that. And then I just wrote another one called uh, Orphan Train, which is historical fiction. It's a love interest between a commandant 
and a most beautiful Jewish Polish girl. Okay. She ends up having babies with this man and the kids are sent off on the orphan train. And what happens in that story is gripping. I've had a couple people say movie, movie, it should be a film. And I'm like, I know it should be, maybe it will one day, but it's in the library of Congress because it is historical fiction. And um, Brad Johnson was my co, kind of a co-designer, co-writer, co-editor, and we just love it. It's it's a great book. So I've been doing a lot of book writing, you yeah. know, that keeps the mind going. You got to keep the mind going. You know, we can't go stagnant and go just sit around and, you know, I've had my moments after I I had an accident. I fell at a, at a, at the Rangers park watching uh, baseball and I, I crushed my leg. So I was in, I was in bed for eight weeks. I couldn't get up. I couldn't do anything. So I've had my thing of watching TV, <laughs> sitting around doing nothing. Well, I think you have definitely put across that inspiration there for just keeping going and doing things and yes. then doing what you love. And, and clearly you love, you're loving what you, what you do. So yes, we're going to yes. have a listen to, to your new track as well. And the Why Can't the Time Set and Still. And oh, just goody. encourage everyone to check out, oh. check out your books, check out. Um, yes. Can I just say one thing to my yeah. fans and everybody, you guys, when you have a dream, please don't let it go. Don't let it go. Okay, you've got to keep dreaming. Don't let anything or anyone take it away from you. Okay, you've got to just keep dreaming and, and going forward, moving forward, you know? Brilliant. I think they're <laughs> great words to live by. Charlene, it's been a delight talking with you. Oh, delight taking you, talking to you. And... We'll speak again next time you're doing something. The best sound is sorry. Brooklyn's Radio.